As always, welcome back to Vagina Slims. You're currently listening to episode 11, and I am Lauren Rose, as usual. I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> Let me just tell you the week that I've had. It's been terrible. But before I even begin that <laughs> that train, I just want to say thank you to, let's see, Kayla Carr, I think that's right, um, on Instagram. I posted a photo of Christian Slater and Pump Up the Volume because you all know that that's like my inspo for podcasting. It's basically, I've talked about it before on here, but a film, I think it was made in 1990, starring Christian Slater. So that was like right after Heather's when he was really hot. Um, <laughs> I'm just going in on this one. Uh, and he starts his own pirate radio show at his high school. And the movie is kind of like trash in general, but... It just, I don't know, there's some scenes when he's recording it and it's like little offshoot of a bedroom and it reminded me of it. So I posted it, I posted like a screen cap of it on face or on, not Facebook, on Instagram and Kayla Carr said, I've been listening to these during my figure drawing classes, just finished episode 10 last night. So thank you, Kayla. I hope I'm saying that right. That is super rad to hear that people are actually like downloading these and listening to them on their iPods or whatnot. So yeah. Whew. This episode is going to be a back to the basics kind of episode because you know what happened? My laptop crashed last week. And um this isn't the first time, you know, it happened spring semester last year and I lost everything because, you know, like, whenever I say, like, my computer crashed, you're like, oh, did you back it up? It's like, I don't know any of my friends who backs up their computers, like, every week or every two weeks. It's just, like, not in our culture or something. So, no, I didn't back it up, and I lost all my stuff, but this time around, my keyboard got messed up or something. I couldn't turn it on, and it was just being erratic, so I had to get a new computer, and... Meanwhile, I'm having this, like, terrible, um, like, fall allergy crisis right now. So, I got the new MacBook Pro with the Retina display or something because it was on sale. And I am shocked to think that this is, like, how we live now, you know? Like, first of all, the screen and the pixel movement is insane. I don't know if any of you all know what I'm talking about, but, like, you know when you watch HDTV or some high resolution quality screen and like like okay I was watching Laura Vitale that like Italian woman who does um food cooking stuff on YouTube and she looked like she was 3D like she was like popping out of my screen it was like way too much you know it's almost like the frame rate is a little too fast or something but it just really tripped me out and then the audio on this computer is different because, like, they alternate between the levels, so it's supposed to be kind of like a surround sound deal, so meanwhile, I'm over here, like, all stuffed up and delirious on NyQuil, and everything's just, like, coming at me, so 
basically, when I didn't have my computer, I had to resort to um, listening to records, which, you know, I have, like, a record collection for my mom and dad, pretty much. I just took theirs, but I usually don't really play records unless I, like, intentionally set out to do it, so tonight I'm going to play you some of my favorite songs from my favorite records, Um, and then, of course, I'm going to answer your questions as always, so yeah. Let's just jump into it. Enough talking. I'm going to play a piece from my Harry James record. And I don't know if I've played Harry James before, but he um, was kind of a part of that like Exotica movement uh, by Capitol Records in the 50s and 60s where they used to produce scores for all of these movies that would come out constantly. And he was actually in Bathing Beauty, which I saw at um, Heights Theater in Columbia Heights just outside Minneapolis, um, and he actually, like, made an appearance in the movie, and he basically plays a trumpet and has his orchestra, and he's just a hotshot big deal, so this is the opening track of his album. I'm gonna have to look it up before I tell you, um, but yeah, this is Sleepy Lagoon by Harry James. Enjoy.
All right, that was Harry James with Sleepy Lagoon. And I looked at the record that I had, and it was um, the Hi-Fi release. That's a yellow cover. I think that one was released in 1956, but kind of that jazz swing era. And he really supplied like a bunch of songs for Capitol Records and really started it all for them, so it seems so. Yeah, awesome guy. He's pretty cute, too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, I forgot to say, I'm going to be reviewing Honeymoon today. Probably now is a good time to jump into it because Lana seemed to be really influenced by jazz swing music, which is really refreshing um, on this newer album because I feel like Born to Die and all that stuff is kind of like coming out of her Lizzie Grant phase and um let me pull up the track list and we can go down them one by one so i can tell you my opinion of them because i really love this album comparing it to ultra violence it just isn't even on the same grid um i mean ultra violence was interesting because it was like a smaller band that she performed with um but i really do see lana more as like a composer as opposed to like a live musician or I don't know perhaps it's like demeaning in some way but I really mean it as a compliment like I was listening to some of her interviews I think if they were for BBC and she was talking about how this newer album really was more about the music and less about the lyrics because like the lyrics we've all heard before you know if you know Lana Del Rey you know her lyrics so with the exception maybe of Terrence Loves You I feel like that song was really genuine and kind of a fresher take um for her but let me pull up those tracks right now all right yeah it's cool lana del rey co-produced honeymoon with rick knowles again which is awesome um like most people kind of have figured it's more of like um a follow-up of born to die and paradise which were like released sort of together Yeah, the other thing I found kind of fascinating about Lana once I heard, like, High by the Beach was that she's referencing trap music, which I kind of saw coming because Lana Del Rey, you know, I'm not going to lie, has this obsession with um, the other, I guess you could say. I mean, we all know her fascination with appropriation and fetishization of other cultures, which I will not defend, but um, it was interesting hearing that within her music because I feel like in ultraviolence she never really heard bass or you never heard hip-hop centric beats or elements to her music so um yeah so honeymoon the first one was the first song I ever heard because I believe it was the first one to be released but I just thought it was like fantastically cinematic which I wrote online like, I, I don't know, for some reason, I was kind of shocked to hear, like, the amount of strings, like, sophisticated strings within that song, um, and the pacing, like, it's almost, a lot of these songs are really long, it was almost six minutes long, so I really enjoyed Honeymoon, um, Music to Watch Boys 2 actually was insane for me, because that is my entire life, and I'm not gonna lie, like, I'm into voyeurism, <laughs> Like, not in a sexual, fetishy way, but, you know, I think so many of us are, like, people who really enjoy art and enjoy cinema. It's just, like, something that we have to do 
while we're on this earth to get by, you know, you kind of like fantasize about others. And so many songs are about women and kind of watching them. But with music to watch boys too, it's like flipping that reversal. Like now it's the, the women who are watching these men and fantasizing about these men. And it actually, I mean, I don't really, I don't know, I'm touching a lot of pop culture stuff, but music to watch boys too actually really <laughs> remind me of um, the virgin suicides. Even though, um, you know, the virgin suicides, the book and the movie were about the boys watching the girls, but... I don't know, for some reason, it felt really in line with me. Because so many of us um, wonder about the Lisbon girls in the same kind of innocent way, you know? It's nothing sexual or perverted, it's just innocent. And I feel like that's the tone I got from Music to Watch Boys too. Um, and like I said, Terrence Loves You, the third track, was really sincere, I felt like, you know, Lana can kind of be extreme with her, her lyrics and kind of, I don't know. But with this song, I felt like it was really raw and really down to earth. Um, So that was another one of my favorites actually really (laughs) resonated with me. God knows I tried. It's not one of my favorites. It kind of reminds me of like an old Western feel. Um, But yeah, nothing to really touch on there now high by the beach is interesting very very interesting like i said had that trap genre um within the music it actually reminded me of i don't know you guys know harmony corinne um or kareen from spring breakers and gummo and all that stuff and he had a lot of interviews and he would talk about how when he was a kid down in the south they used to have these cars and they would play you know trap music or music with heavy bass and they just like blast it from their cars and it would shake the houses and like scare people and um I just think like that power with the meaning of the song kind of this um and of course the music video is insane which I don't even know if I should touch on because it's like I don't know there's so many points of reference I don't want to talk forever but um I just thought like it was really powerful and really cool for her to kind of be reaching into that mainstream outlet and it worked so well, you know. It actually goes hand in hand with Freak too. Freak is really awesome and I love how there's like not only trap music but also like, I don't know, saxophone or trumpet or something in there. I think it's saxophone. Like Freak is really crazy. Like me and my friend Luke love that one um let's see what else we have art deco interesting i really like art deco of course you have this um fetishization of drugs or drug dealers um and i feel like this echo has been you know sung by lana so many times so it's not too shocking to me anymore um it's interesting i don't know Burt Norton, which is the interlude of the album, is so beautiful. Obviously, those aren't Lana's words, T.S. Eliot. Um, but I am sure you all heard that, like, on her album cover, she has a number on that tour bus that she's posing with. And if you called it, I remember when it leaked, you could call the number and she would, like, link you to her favorite um, TED Talk by Elon Musk, I believe, who's, like, a futurist. 
um, and this was playing in the background, and I just thought that was such an interesting idea to do kind of like a phone line um, participation thing with your audience, even though it was hidden. Of course, people found out, but I remember that phone line got too many calls, and so it got busted, but I don't know if it's still up or not. Um, gosh, I'm sorry. There's so many songs here, too. I just have to talk about all of them. Um, Religion, I love. I think her vocals are beautiful in the chorus, the way they arc. Um, Salvatore, or Salvatore, I'm not Italian, but I thought that was just a really cute and kind of fucked up little story that she told about being killed by a foreign man while being in Italy and I don't know I don't know if that was a nod to the guy she was seeing or I don't know his name I don't really like him um but I just thought that was like a really appropriate and fun song for some reason I don't know you could fight me on that Blackest Day I really like Blackest Day I've kind of listened to it too many times so I'm not gonna lie it's gotten a little bit old to me um 24 it's not something or it's not a song that i i would listen to a lot swan song actually the beginning is amazing to me because they have bits of it has bits of high by the beach in the beginning and it's very um like booming and kind of stoic i guess and that just reminds me of just like movie soundtracks in the beginning at least and it kind of for me it builds up a little bit too strong throughout the song i wish it would come back down like it did in the beginning but aside from that really interesting and then of course the nina simone cover um don't let me be misunderstood is amazing so yeah that was like 14 songs in an album and i liked a lot of them so i need to like tone down how much i um i listen to it because it's just I don't want to ruin it, you know what I mean? So yeah, overall, Honeymoon, I think it was a really great success. So yeah, I just had to get that out there. Y'all know that I'm always interested in Lana and what she has to bring. Because she's very detached from, I don't know, this like notion of stardom today, it seems. And she kind of created this persona for her, but she doesn't really personify it in real life, which I think is, um, like, at first I was like, oh, I wish she was always um, vintage and always did this, that. And in a way, she seems to be doing that and, like, telling her own truth. But um, it's also really refreshing to see, like, an artist not really play too much into this, like, PR game and just kind of do her and live and travel and not really worry about if she's going to be successful or not because she has like the chops already so I don't know obviously I'm like a stand for Lana it's not you know hidden but yeah okay so before I go in and answer some questions and talk about some comments that I got on my last podcast I thought I would play some Charlie Rich because y'all know that I love him and I recently found his um, Behind Closed Doors album at Electric Fetus during their sale. So I think this was released in 1973, but 
He has a really sweet song that I think Lana would personally love, and it's called Nothing in the World, in parentheses, to do with me. So, this is Charlie Rich, and I hope you guys enjoy. The room is smoky That's why I'm crying It's been a long, long day That's why I'm sighing It has nothing in the world To do with her That's why I'm drinking If I seem a little quiet It's just because I'm thinking It has nothing in the world To do with her That was Charlie Rich with Nothing in the World to Do With Me off of his 1973 multi-award winning album, Behind Closed Doors. I got an anonymous um, comment on Tumblr, which I had to read out loud because it's just like perfect. Um, If you ever want to contact me to be on Vagina Slims, go to my Tumblr and it's don'tfindmeontheinternet.tumblr.com go to my ask box and I'll try to get you in but the person said hi Lauren I got in a major or <laughs> excuse me minor car accident on the highway today and everyone is perfectly safe but it was my fault so I've been a nervous wreck for the whole day especially about having to drive again tonight I came home and listened to your podcast and even though you're talking about a different reason for being scared to drive on the highway strange magic made me feel a lot better it was quite the serendipitous moment for me. Thanks for being amazing, XOXO. 
How nuts is that? That is awesome. By the way, I'm glad that you're safe <laughs> because I have gotten into, well, I've never gotten into a real car accident, but once I, oh gosh, actually, this is a good story. My friend Layla and I went to one of our high schools around us, Washburn, and I was driving her home. Um, we didn't go to Washburn, but we took our ACTs there and I'm driving her home and I did really bad on the test. I can just like feel it in me and I'm just like not having it. So I'm about to drop her off, you know, end the day, like whatever. And I'm like pulling up to her house and I just go through the street and I see a car to my left just like coming at me about to like t-bone me and i'm like what like no this is not happening and turns out i had ran a um a stop sign and there was like a tree branch like hanging over it i just didn't see it you know and obviously i had to like pull over because her house was right there you know and this guy like pulls over who's the one who's about to hit me because he thought that i was like pulling over and i don't know and he just starts like chewing me out. He's like, I have kids in the car. What are you doing? And of course, like I already feel so terrible. I'm just like, have a, have enough anxiety from the day already. And my friend Layla, like she just had to get out of her car to go inside. And her dad ended up coming out and like talking to the guy. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm so sorry for like, you know, doing that. I just had a kid in the car and I was really scared and he wasn't he wasn't that close to me to hitting me but still like I get it but I just like stayed in my bed for like a full ass day just being like super nervous so I know what you're going through and I'm glad that you listened to Strange Magic because like I said that's a serendipitous song and it's amazing so thank you so much (laughs) for your comment oh okay let's see got another anonymous question um strange question right here but how do you define quote-unquote cult blogger what do you mean by cult just want to know love of love the podcast please keep them coming p.s definitely please give more film recommendations will do yeah when i say cult i don't mean like a creepy like blood altar thing (laughs) um i just like you know, the idea of cult movies, you know what I mean? Like, there are a certain amount of movies that we all follow and we all watch and love, and although they aren't, like, cult horror or anything like that, I feel like there's this new generation of people, of teens, really, who are, like, getting into cult, I don't want to say fandoms, but, like, I don't know, cult interests, and so, for me, like, that's what I really grabbed onto when I was growing up and that's kind of how what I feel like identifies me and um yeah so I just mean like things that I love and that other people love and that we can relate to and I just like to talk about cult things so yeah (laughs) no blood sacrifice tonight so one of my other favorite records that I listened to while my laptop was broken was my Dolly Parton record greatest hits of course Yeah, I think when I was growing up, I, like, heard of Dolly Parton, and all I knew about her was that she had humongous boobs and was, like, a country singer or something, but I never knew how talented she was until I actually listened to this record. It was, like, a whole new world for me. So, one of my favorite songs that she's ever 
sang is called Hard Candy Christmas. Um, and it's not really like a traditional Christmas song. It's kind of about when you are left with an unfortunate situation and you're all alone and you're like, well, what do I do now? Like, what do I do with myself? Um, and it's just kind of her like, you know, lulling on it and trying to decide what she's going to do with her life. So this is Hard Candy Christmas by Dolly Parton. Just fine and dandy Lord, it's like a 
right, that was Hard Candy Christmas with the voice of Dolly Parton. And I forgot to mention, but this is, uh, the song is from The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, the movie she was in. Um, and those are not her own lyrics, but they're by Carol Hall. But I saw, like, a video on YouTube of, it's like a Marilyn Monroe, Dolly Parton compilation. And I thought that was amazing because, like, this song totally reminds me of Marilyn Monroe and how, I don't know, she just, like, transformed herself into this persona and, you know, maybe I'll lose some weight, maybe I'll dye my hair and everything will be fine. And still, she was just so sad all the time. <laughs> I don't know. Wow, that's kind of dark. But yeah, Dolly Parton has a great voice. And I actually posted, there's this weird, like, 90s version of the song it's like i don't know it looks really cool i'll link it down below but i it's like a live performance of dolly parton and she kind of like changes the lyrics and stuff and she's like on a weird mall escalator singing it <laughs> and i posted the video on christmas day on my facebook wall and like the only person who liked it was my dad and i was like what because <laughs> it's kind of like an email post by me but yeah, so that was Dolly Parton. <laughs> Speaking of beautiful actresses, I had a lot of questions um, over the past like month or so coming in about Rose McGowan and my thoughts on her new film called Dawn. And I like kind of didn't want to talk about it because I'm like very opinionated about it and I don't want to like upset people because... I just hate like raining on people's parade like if this is your jam and you love this and this is like inspiring you then like just don't listen to me because <laughs> I don't want to be that negative person but I have a bone to pick with Rose McGowan so first of all I just want to say I love her um she was like she's my cult favorite actress you know what I mean like the gym generation she's in, even in this terrible movie what was it called rags to riches i i found it on vhs and it was literally trash um but i still loved her in it and she dated marilyn manson and she was just always had the best outfits and just had a kick-ass attitude so rose love you always have always will the problem i have with dawn in the short film was first of all i had been keeping tabs on dawn when it first was released into the festival circuit um and when i saw the little snippets of it i'm like wow you know what this reminds me of smooth talk with laura dern which is based off of my favorite short story ever by joyce carol oates called where are you going where have you been and i'll link that down below as always um it was like a really beautiful story about this young girl who basically got manipulated into going out with this guy um and it's actually based off a true story and it's the the guy the tucson serial killer named charles schmidt or charles schmitty or something like that and this guy charles i've talked about it before i believe on the podcast but he was like he looked like elvis he was handsome and good looking and the only thing about him was that he was too short like girls thought he was cute but he was just too short and he had this really fucked up serial killer <laughs> tendency um 
and he just wanted to see if he could like murder somebody so he first i think the first girl he murdered was aline rowe and the reason why i know so much about this by the way i'm not well okay yeah i am interested in this stuff but i did um like a sculpture piece on it last spring so i like did a lot of research into the whole thing um but basically joyce curl Oates, she heard about this and she was kind of shocked by this, this sort of changing of generation how this charles smith guy he seemed like the perfect you know wrestler perfect son um yet he had this fascination with killing people and it turned out that his girlfriend and his friend helped him do it you know the poor girl was buried in the desert after she was assaulted and um her hair rollers were still in her hair because the girl his girlfriend convinced her to sneak out of her bedroom at night it was just very devastating so then joyce carol oates saw it she wrote a beautiful short story about it dedicated it to bob dylan um because he was such an influential figure in the 60s talking about change and generation and how people have to you know forget what they knew and prepare for the future and all that stuff and so she later collaborated on the film which launched laura dern's career and i love laura dern too and that's called smooth talk and i'll leave that trailer too and that movie was um not the best it was kind of like a b movie but it still is one of my favorites so yeah long-winded i know but basically her short film dawn is a rehashing of all of that but the issue i have is that she does not give any of those people credit let alone say that that was actually based off of a true event you know these are like real lives that were lost and perhaps that's for legal reasons you know they can't they didn't necessarily get the rights or something like that but that is just so shady to me you know like when not only when you rip off other people's work but you rip off like real life events and i know like rose has a good publicist right now like she's all over the web because now she has a music career and she stood up against adam sandler conveniently when her uh film went on youtube you know and i don't know Maybe I just sound bad right now, but I just am telling the truth because I feel like artists have responsibility to the viewer to not pull the wool over their eyes, you know? I feel like they should be up front and they should respect other artists in their field who have come before them. Um, and they should respect the ethics of storytelling, you know what I mean? And I thought the film was beautiful and I really like that girl... Um, I think her name is Hannah Marks, who played the girlfriend. And the thing is that they used, like, the real names of the people, which was even stranger. That they didn't, you know, say that was based off a true event. But that Hannah girl was in The Runaways for, like, a hot second. And I've always kind of kept tabs on her because I think she's a really good actress. Um, but, yeah, I was just bummed out. And there are other people who have caught on to this, like, rehashing that I've been telling you about. Um, but it just kind of annoys me now when I see, like, everyone's like, oh, Rose McGowan, this new feminist auteur. And it's like, it's like you can't ever win. <laughs> like, you can't have, it seems, like a great feminist director who also pays homage to other people and respects 
other artists and I know that she didn't write the film so maybe that was I don't know I feel like you're still responsible for the content that you I don't know that you work with you can't just be like oh I didn't know and I haven't heard anything from that so again I'm thinking it's like legal reasons why she never mentioned it but I don't think that young artists should be thinking that this is like a way to do it that you just kind of like package it up and call it your own and then you're done you know these ideas that have lineage and purpose and stuff so I don't know like nobody's ever original but especially when you're dealing with people who have actually died and like what if the family saw it and the media meanwhile is saying that it's like a fictional oscar bidding blah blah shit it's like that's just disrespectful so yeah it was kind of weird because i like had a hint of it before it even came out i was like i think that this is going to be like a stolen idea but i'm not going to say anything and then when i saw it i was like i can't believe i'm right because i've written about this stuff like on my blog before and I like really was following it and so yeah <laughs> again not trying to kill anyone's vibe but I just need to like be upfront with y'all because I feel like you guys are intelligent and you need to know these things and know the inner workings of celebrity culture because a good publicist will get you places but a smarter audience will also not get you places <laughs> so I don't know I just think like important to talk about these things oh i feel like i've just ranted this whole podcast um i think next week we'll stick to more of a theme i've just kind of been recuperating after being sick and getting a new laptop and just getting into the grind of school but oh gosh next week i'll have to talk about scream queens and my like beef with that um but yeah so thank you guys so much for listening as always i'm hopefully going to be revamping the show so it's like a little bit more cohesive (laughs) but with that being said i'm gonna play my last song which is by the band america and this is my dad's record but it's called here and it's kind of um I don't know, an interesting narrative about friends and how you sort of think that they're always there until they're not, especially in, like, Vietnam War era when a lot of people would be um, drafted, drafted to go off and fight a war that they didn't have any say in. So, yeah, this is another good one that I have in my collection, and I'd love to hear what you guys have and what you guys cherish, so... Without further ado, this is Here by America. I'll see you guys next week.
days we led ourselves astray in more than many ways here within the time we spend wondering what we meant by living all those years by living all Thank you. 
Thank、you